At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and this is Invest Talk. I appreciate you being with me on this Tuesday, October 11, 2022. We're into fall. It's starting to cool off here. I hope it's nice and fallish weather for you are. Um, the market is still volatile. It's going to continue to be so. I mentioned that most nights when it is. When it stops being very volatile, I'll let you know. I don't think that's going to happen until the Fed stops doing what it's doing, raising interest rates. So I think we just have to expect it. The question we have, a lot of people think we're near the pivot, the pit Fed, the Fed pivot. A lot, of, a lot of writing, a lot of market commentary. The Fed's going to pivot. When's it going to pivot? Meaning, when's it going to change from raising interest rates to stop raising interest rates and maybe even think about lowering it? I think we're pretty far away from that. I don't think we're that close. I don't think we're, I don't think it's like way off and we don't see it in the future. It's coming. I just don't think it's in coming anytime soon. Fed wants to kind of destroy the economy. Okay, I don't want to say it that way. The Fed wants to stop the strength of our economy. They want to make it weak fighting inflation. Whatever that tells. But my history, if you look at history, uh, the Fed's not good at timing these things. <laughs> they just are not. I'm Steve Peasley. I look forward to doing the show every day. Well, not every day anymore. Justin and I switch off. I used to did. I did it for years and years and years, all five days of the week, four to five every day. We still do it four to five every day, but Justin and I split it up. So I'm here today. He'll be here tomorrow. And we do this show because we like doing it. It's kind of fun to do. We like answering investment questions. We like to provide the best unbiased answers to your financial questions we can. Of course, that means you have to call. And our number is 888-99-CHART. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. But the line is always open. You can leave your questions and we'll answer them later. My focus point today concerns a story about the right time to convert your IRA to a Roth IRA. Roth IRA conversions. You know what I'm talking about? Do you know what the penalties are if you do it? Or the benefits? That's what we're going to discuss later on today. Okay? And if we have time, I want to talk about other things that I was I, I read a lot all day long, and I, if I come across something I think that might be interesting to share in the show, I write a little couple of notes to myself and make sure we talk about that. There was a survey of teens, 14,500 teenagers, and it talked about what they view, what types of video, TV they view. I thought I'd share that with you. 
What are the what are the Q3 earnings? What's the expectations for the third quarter earnings, which are coming out now? They'll be coming out pretty uh, pretty heavy, and this is according to Goldman Sachs. Uh, and I thought that I had interesting interest in showing you, uh, sharing with you what they expect. And again, when will the Fed pivot? Uh, what will happen when the Fed does pivot? Do you think we're going to have a bull market? All of a sudden, we're going to change from a bull market and bear market? You know, we got to be aware that that's not necessarily so. So I want to talk about that today, too. So those are the things I want to talk about. Of course, that's time permitting. And, and also, we have uh, voice bank questions. And of course, those people who... Um, uh, left a message after they rated us on on uh, Apple on uh, uh, iTunes. Is it iTunes? What is it on? Uh, the, anyways, we're going to do their their calls. Got, there's a question about Under, Under Armour. Uh, we have a coach question about uh, Dutch Brothers. So we got lots of things to talk about. Do you tens you? What did the market do today? Remember the numbers eight 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 ninety nine chart. And you can call now. And line up, uh, 888-99-CHART. And the market was uh, mixed today. The Dow ended up being up 37 points, not much. Uh, the market was kind of volatile, up, down, up, down, up, down, but nothing major. The Nasdaq ended up being down 116 points, and the S&P down 24. So basically, the market was probably on the downside. Remember, the Dow is only 30 stocks. They were up 37 points, 30 big stocks, whereas the S&P is 500 stocks. All big, pretty good size stocks, but 500 of them. So the S&P is more indicative of the overall market, and it was down 24 points. So you just got to realize that's what happened. Okay, let's go ahead and take our first caller question. It is, uh, let's go ahead and play that. Hi, this is Lily from Big Bear. I'm just calling in regards to the stock SEV. It's at a 52-week low at 233. Just bought a lot of it right now. Just seeing how you feel about that stock. It's not a giant company, but any thoughts or recommendations? Thank you. Bye. Okay. Uh, it is a tiny company. It's Sony Sono Group, German-based co-developer of solar-powered electric vehicles that allow vehicles to benefit from solar power. Solar power, not electric, just ele- just electric vehicles, but solar powered electric vehicles. Uh, they're losing money. They're losing a lot of money. I have no sales. It's a hundred fifty-five million dollar company, and I would not own this company. Don't I, I remember my rule? I don't like buying companies that don't make money. Now you're you're betting on the future, but the you know there is no cash flow of any kind. So uh, what? When's they're when they're going to have a product? And even then, it's going to take years and years to turn a profit. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not. Management owns sixty five percent. Mutual funds own fourteen percent. There's seventeen mutual funds. There used to be twenty eight. Now there's only seventeen. Way too speculative. Way too. You chances of this company going out of business are very high. Two dollar eleven cent stock. Appreciate the call. This is the best stock. We are very happy to hear the caller questions but that come in via our voice bank recordings. But it's worth mentioning that for listeners that want a bit more interaction to their questions, 
Fresh calls are always helpful. We like, it's a live show. Give us a call from 4 to 5 Pacific time. Our number never changes, 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Every time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. Love to talk to you. Give me a call. Our focus point today is the time right for Roth conversion. What is a Roth conversion? Well, that's taking a regular IRA and convert it to a Roth IRA. To, whether know, to know whether or not it's the right time, you have to clearly understand the tax consequences of both, the regular IRA and the Roth IRA. Okay, and it's pretty simple. But you've got to have that in your head before you can decide what you want to do. A regular IRA is money that you put in that's tax-deductible going in. And I usually explain it this way. Let's say you make $100,000 and you put $5,000 into your regular IRA. That means you only are taxed on $95,000, not the whole $100,000 that you made. On a Roth IRA, you are taxed on the whole $100,000 when it goes in. Now, what's the difference? Well, all the earnings from a regular IRA, from the time that you put the money in till the time you start taking it out in retirement, at age, at, when you're in your 60s, there's, you know, we won't go into that necessarily exactly, but all that time that you're earning money on this money, you're invested in whatever. And then when you start taking it out, Every cent that you have put in your IRA and it has earned is now taxed when you take it out. Whatever you take out in that year, that goes to your income for that year and you have to pay income tax. In a Roth, all those years and earnings and everything else, you're never taxed and you don't have any requirement of ever taking it out. That's the difference. Now, why would you convert an IRA to a Roth? Because as soon as you, any amount of money in an IRA, you convert to a Roth, which you can do a partial or all of it, but any amount of money you convert, whatever year you do that, that's added to your income for that year, and you had to pay income tax on it. And whatever you put over in the Roth, now it gets to grow tax-free. 
Okay, there's the difference. Now, why would you do that? When would you do that? Well, it might be beneficial at certain times of your career to move the money from an IRA to a Roth IRA, especially if you have a bad year and you have no income for that year, right? You know, then, then you can move over some of the IRA money because it won't be, you have a very low tax bracket or no tax bracket because you didn't make money. I mean, there are reasons to move it, but you need to, tax to your, talk to your tax guy. I mean, that's the best way to go about it. Okay? 888-99-CHARTER is our number, 888-992-4278. We got a voice caller in. Let's go ahead and go to the voicemail caller. Hey, guys. Love to get your thoughts on Under Armour, ticker symbol UAA. Looks like the stock has had a pretty big pullback. Just wondering if it would be a good idea to buy some shares here down low and ride it on the way up. Back up to 20. Thanks. Okay. Under Armour, UAA. Uh, markets performance apparel, footwear, accessories made from moisture-wicking synthetic fabrics. I have a, I have, I have some of those the, this, uh, the shirts for them, and they work pretty good. Okay, they're going to make 85. Well, they made 85 cents a share last year. Next year, they're going to make 48 cents. So they're going to go down. Money is going. The earnings are going to go down, and they don't have very much growth either. Okay, very low growth. They are a big company, three billion. Well, not three billion. They would could be considered a small company. Okay, not big. Um, they do about one point three, one point four billion dollars in sales a quarter. So the price to sales ratio is very good. They 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 are they trade at one point four book value, which is pretty low. Uh, they have a, you know, they, it's a seven dollar stock going to make forty eight cents. Okay, what is that? A nine, uh, uh, ten, four, what a fifteen, sixteen, seventeen PE, and their range is fourteen to one hundred seventy six. Return equity is twenty one percent, which is very good. They don't have much doubt, doubt debt, which is very good. Management owns sixteen percent, which is pretty high. So there's a lot of fundamentals that are good on this, except for I don't think it's as cheap as it needs to be because their earnings are going down. Earnings are going down. It's, you know, it's a pretty cyclical stock, and we're, you know, the Fed's trying to slow down the economy, so that's, that's never a good thing. Never a good thing. So I, 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 wouldn't, I, I like the company. I, it's got some good things going for it, always has, but I don't know if I'd be a buyer of it at this point. It seems like it's cheap because it's $7 a share, but mm, that's not cheap when their earnings are going to keep cut almost in half. We're heading into a break. I welcome your finance and investment questions now. No questions are too simple or too complex. You set the agenda. Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to Alberto in San Jose. Hi, Alberto. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for the call. 
uh, I was looking at uh, Sony, uh-huh. S-O-N-Y. I owned it uh, about a year ago. I know it's been down from that time to now about half of the value. So I was looking to get your opinion on that. Okay, okay. Sony, Japanese manufacturer of audio, video equipment, computers, electronics, comp- components, gaming, music. It's a $79 billion company. I also know they're into batteries. You know, they had a couple of battery factories, if I remember right. Um, they're going to make $5.04 this year. That's down from $6.18 last year. And next year, they're going to have a little bounce back at 560 that's what they're saying sales are shrinking for the last couple of quarters eight percent uh in march quarter 16 percent in june quarter so they're they're on the downswing and that's why i went from 120 bucks down to you know 64 right now 64 dollars and 17 cents so the question question you're asking which is a valid question which is is it low enough is it is it ready to turn around i mean how cheap does cheap have to be before you buy it, you know? Um, and I would say that I still think it has a little ways to go. It looks like it has very strong support in the, like the 50, oh, 55, 50 to, uh, 50 to $55 area, that, and it's at 64 now. So you're getting there, but I, I think it, this is not quite the, yet the time. Good company, though. Good company, not much debt. Management owns 1%, which is a big for a $70 billion company. Um, and the P.E. ratio is pretty low, but the it can get down to 8. So 8 times 5, which is next year's earnings, is, you know, $40 a share. I don't think it's going to go there, but it could. So I, I'm not yet. Not yet. Good company, though. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, T, there was a survey, a survey um, about 14,500 teens. So it's a big survey in 47 states, across 47 states, uh, about teens and their habits of watching video, TV, or whatever, whatever video they like to watch. And by far, they preferred Netflix and YouTube. Two, two by far, For 40, uh, 43% of their time watching uh, is, is YouTube, uh, I'd say 41%, and uh, it used to be, in 2016, only 17%. Why am I bringing this up? It's bad news for cable TV, right? Cable TV is losing future customers. So you're going to have to be very, very careful of where you're, you know, where you're going to put your invested dollars. You're going to buy a cable network company, or would you rather buy, you know, a company that caters to the young teenagers? You know, and at this point, YouTube and Netflix are the lead by far, by far. So something to consider. You know, you always want to go with the. You know, the thing about investing is you're looking at the future. You're always looking at the future. Invest in the future of, if, of things. What are the future of things? And it's not that hard if you sit back and think about it a while. You know the future of things is electric cars, right? You know that. Well, what investments will benefit that? Don't, don't, don't go for just the easy one. Oh, I'll buy a Tesla. No, don't do that. Yeah. What 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 else is needed for that future? 
Okay? And, you know, that don't, you know, kind of think deeper than that. Okay, for, I'll give you an example. If you're thinking of future as electric cars, well, of course you're going to have to produce electricity. We know that. Um, how efficient is the electric car? Is there going to be more efficient batteries, per se? One of my favorite topics. Or maybe there'll be parts that are for electric cars versus internal combustion cars that, that might be companies who might make certain systems, software, you know, to make the cars, electric cars more, more efficient. Who makes that stuff? How about those little screens? You know cars are having all those screens and computer chips and all that stuff? Who makes those? I don't know. Just got to think deeper. So think about what the teens are going to do. They're not going to watch cable TV. That's not something they're that interested in. Okay? There's not. There's a lot of companies. Now, what about Disney Plus? What about... Amazon, what about all those other, that's one of the reasons why they're producing their shows and why they're going through the, you know, the paid for services, why they exist. They know that the audience is changing and they've got to change with it. So that's, that's their whole effort, just you know, keep capturing that, the younger generation as they go get older. Not me, not the older generation, they're not interested in us. Okay. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind the headline The IMF is predicting that global growth will slow next year. If accurate, 2023 will feel like a recession for millions of people in the United States, the European Union, and China. That's tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Do you have questions about FDIC security, mortgages, money market funds, losses to your retirement plans? Give us a call today, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers. Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team 
addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, everybody. We're going to talk to Tony in San Francisco. Hi, Tony. Hi, Steve. Um, I want to take, get your take on the real estate market. Uh-huh. And is it now a good time to get into uh, maybe um, a second property that I'm trying to uh, get a rental for? Or sure, even until next year? Or Well, I, 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 yeah, I don't it, know if I'm get timing right, but. Yeah, I think we still, I think there's still going to be some weakness. The Federal Reserve is going to raise rates, right? You know they've been raising rates, and it's affected the real estate market. But it hasn't affected that much. And I think we have a shortage of real estate uh, properties. But I don't think I'd be interested in buying real estate at this point in time. They have very long cycles. So we had a pretty long up cycle. And I just think we have, I don't think there's any rush to get into real estate. If you found a great deal out there, some real estate property that, boy, this is a great deal, I, I, I'd probably buy it, you know, if, if that's where, the, where you want to invest your money. I, I don't think you should necessarily avoid it completely, but I think you, the buyer, has to be very particular at this point. And you can be because people, sellers are going to get desperate at some point. I just don't think they're desperate enough yet. So, so you want you want that? I think you got some time. Don't be in a big rush. So, I think it's too early. Okay, Tony, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. The best, uh, let's go ahead and squeeze in another caller question. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi there, my name's Eric. I'm calling from Phoenix. I had a question about Dutch Bros. I was just wondering what you guys, how what kind of evaluation you would give to that company especially since it's been around, it's been a private company since like 1992. How would you give a value to one that just went public? All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's only been public uh, only a couple of years. I mean, 2021 is when it went public. So this is its second year. So um, I'm not keen on it. It's too expensive for me. Uh, Dutch Brothers Inc. Uh, operates 538 drive-through coffee shops in 12 states in the United States. 
I've been, uh, let's see, I've been, uh, I stayed in a Mota hotel up in the Washington area. And that Dutch Brothers drive through man, that place was, was just busy. There was always someone driving through there to get coffee. Uh, so it's a drive through coffee shop. Uh, they're going to make 12 cents this year and then 34 cents a share next year. Last year, they made 31 cents a share. So the earnings are kind of erratic at this point. Sales growth is continuing. That's the good point. Okay, uh, growth was 40 to 50% per quarter for almost two years so far. However, it's a $4.8 billion company. It's, it's for selling only $186 million a quarter. That seems to me to be kind of expensive. Okay, because the stock is at twenty nine dollars and fifty five cents, and it's a thirty going to make thirty four cents. Twenty PE is what seven? Stock price forty P is fourteen, and it's at twenty nine. Too expensive, and it's expensive, and the price has been going down. It was as high as eighty, now it's twenty nine. So you everybody look at it and say, oh, it's come way down. Well, it shouldn't have been way up in the first place. That's what the problem is. You know, remember, growth stocks are being re-evaluated. So uh, I'd probably stay away from it. I'd stay away from it. Okay? This is Investocks. Maybe we can squeeze in one more caller? 888. Oh, we can't. Okay, we, we need, we gotta I got to take a break. Okay, sorry. Uh, we're going to go to another talking point. Talking point. Um, okay, what are they expecting for Q3 earnings? What are they expecting? Now, according this, according to Goldman Sachs, they're expecting a three percent year-over-year earnings per share growth, three percent, and sales to be up thirteen percent. They also expect margins, profit margins, to contract less than one percent, but about 075 percent contract margins. So, the reason why I'm bringing this up. There's always a reason I bring these up. Because, you know, I like to I like to get all these stats, and I like to say, okay, well, what what did, you, what did you say three months ago, six months ago? What was it? Well, just a couple of months ago, Goldman Sachs expected earnings per shares to be up ten percent. Now they're only expecting three percent. Now, try to this is a good lesson to learn. Wall Street with Goldman Sachs and all those guys, right? Wall Street always tries to to reduce your expectations before the earnings come out so they can say when the earnings come out, oh, it's better than we expected. Ooh, big surprise. They're manipulating the numbers. Okay? They, I, there's no doubt in my mind they do that. So Wall Street, two, three months ago, Expected it to be 10%. Now it's 3%. Now they have very logical reasons for reducing it. I mean, they do. It's not like they say, well, it's not like they just arbitrarily do it. They make sure they justify doing it, but I still think they're manipulating us. Manipulating our expectations, investors' expectations. So they can, remember, Wall Street, what's Wall Street's job? job? Their job, number one, is to make sure to keep investors happy, keep them involved, keep spending money on stocks and bonds. And, you know, that's when, that's, they want to keep it. So they want to talk positive, positive things. That's their favorite thing, right? I mean, the most obvious 
the most obvious hype that I know in my history is the dot-com hype. I mean, before the crash, Wall Street couldn't talk enough about how this is a new time where, you know, earnings doesn't really matter. These stocks are worth this. And there was IPO after IPO after any company that had a dot-com on after the name in the 1990s went up public and skyrocketed. Wall Street, Goldman Sachs, and those people made tons of money. Investors, eh, not so much. <laughs> so, so just bear in mind, even though they're being manipulated, it might be true. I think we'll probably get a little bit more than 3%, maybe not as much as 10 But I just want you to, every time you read stuff like that from the experts, take everything they say with a grain of salt. Okay? Just do. Just don't necessarily believe it. That's why you like to read a lot of different things over a broad spectrum because it helps round you out as to what you can expect. I don't expect earnings to be that great. No, it's not. I don't know what the numbers are going to be, but I don't expect them to be great. I expect them to continue to be kind of poor as we go continue on because the Fed is raising interest rates and they want to destroy or I don't want to say that. They want to slow down the economy to, to get on top of inflation. Well, until they, until they see that, they, until the Fed sees that they're on top of inflation, whatever that view is to them, they're going to keep raising interest rates. And what is that view? I don't know. They say they, you know, they say they're looking at their favorite inflation gauges, the PCE number. You know, not necessarily the consumer price index or the producer price index, which are inflation gauges, but their PCE number, which is another gauge of inflation. So we'll see. Remember what their goal inflation is? You know what it is? Two and a half percent. Two and a half. We know what we are now. (coughs) Excuse me. About 10 percent. Anyways. Okay, uh, let's see. Okay. Um, you know, volatility is still with us. Still pay. got to pay attention. It's not going to go away anytime soon. It just won't. So let me take a quick minute here to talk about uh, what Justin and I, Justin and I can, Justin Klein and I, Steve Peasley, might be able to help you with, with KPP Financial. That's our company. We're in Orange County, California, between San Diego and L.A., and we practice, a, you know, our philosophy, independent thinking, shared success. We've mentioned that many times. And, you know, we practice, we try to put ourselves on the same side of the table as our clients. So that's important to us, you know, to, to be unbiased in our guidance, to be uh, fair and honest with our advice and to also buy and sell the same things for ourselves and our client and our accounts as we do for our clients. Same price, same percentage, same everything else. That's what we try to do. And we're pretty successful at that. We have five different programs. Um, we're spread out in the various programs. So Justin and I try to, we want to be on the same side as our clients. And we'd be happy to share all the information with you when you talk to us. We'd love to take a look at your portfolio. We'll help you. We'll help you with that. See if you have the right risk tolerance or risk uh, risk exposure that will be comfortable to you in this kind of market. You know, we're right now we're thinking. You know, maybe those people that are less risk prone. 
You might want to consider moving into an all-bond portfolio because interest rates are going up. You know, interest rates means your yield is going up. Remember, there's competition between bonds and stocks for the invested dollar. And stocks was always the dominant one for many years now. We see that switching over a little bit, where bonds are starting to look pretty attractive. So you know, we'll, be, we'll be happy to talk to you about it. Give us a call. So you can call us. You can send us an email. Call us. Contact us any way you want to. Go to our website. Hit the Contact Us button. And be happy to talk to you about it. Okay? For InvestTalk friends and listening in Southern California, my San Diego engineer, Jorge, is reporting rain and thunder showers. Really? We don't, you know, this is Southern California. We don't get that. It's pretty unusual. Do I have some? I don't see any out my door. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't see it here. Maybe I'll get some later on this afternoon. That'd be great. We could use the rain. We don't get rain much here. Let's go ahead and take another caller question. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. When do I know the right time to take profits? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. So don't forget to call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Art from Tucson. I'm calling about Borg Warner Inc. BWA. Looks like it could be a good buying opportunity here. Wondering what you think about the company, the stock, and a good entry point. Thanks. I'll listen on the podcast. Okay, Borg Warner Companies BWA manufactures. Engine, drivetrain, components for light vehicle and original equipment manufacturers. Okay. They're going to make $4.26 this year, $4.99 next year. Sales have kind of fallen off uh, the last three quarters. Uh, They've been flat, not growing. Uh, Pays a 2.1% dividend. Uh, Return equity is 15%. Good cash flow, really good cash flow, $7.37. Management owns 1%. Only selling at 1.1 times book book value. Book value is what if you liquidated the whole company and you had a load of cash, how much per share would every all the shareholders get? And if it's one time book, that means it's the share price of what this one is 32.93 is they would get 32.93 one times book one times book value book value the value of the company. Anyways, um, this is a very low growth company. It's not an exciting industry. The five-year range for the PE is 4 to 17, so, you know, you're never going to be exciting. And if they're going to make 499, let's just call it 5. Um, if that goes to 4, that means it's a $20 stock. If it goes to 10, it's a $50 stock, and it's selling for 32.93. So it's a pretty pretty good value at this stage. It's a pretty good value. It's a solid company. But I would suggest that you'd step back a little bit and look at what they do. And what they do uh, is, is it all internal combustion engine related? Remember, they manufacture engine and drivetrain components. Uh, what's their, what's their, what are they moving toward the future, which is electric vehicles? Now, I notice 
In September, September 20th, they acquired the Electro Vehicle Solutions, Smart Grid and Smart Energy Businesses of SSE. Okay, so they're smart enough to know they've got to move toward the future. So I, I would take a look at see what they're doing about that. And remember, also, it's an automobile company, and we're in, we're in, we're in moving toward a cycle. Uh, we already had the cycle high in growth in the economy and stuff. Now we're moving to the other direction, and this is a very cyclical company. So I, I think it might be early, is what I'm suggesting. Good company, but it might be early. And make sure you focus on what is their future in electric vehicles. I would look that up. Okay. Okay, if we move fast, maybe I can get to another caller question. 888-99-TROY. Troy. Hello, this is Jacob from Seattle, and I'm looking for a good time to add realty income, symbol O as an Oscar, to my portfolio. Any help would be appreciated. Okay, it's a REIT. Realty income, symbol O, is a REIT. Real Estate Investment Trust and acquires retail properties leased to, re- to regional, national retail chain operations in 49 states. Um I'm not no, I'm not keen on re, uh, retail of national regional national retail chains. I'm not I'm not keen on that. I think that's going to suffer. So I, I'm I, uh, this type of read I'm not very happy with. I, I wouldn't buy it. Would not. Okay. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have just one goal here: to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now if you can. 888-99-CHART. This is Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Stephen Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Steve, Justin, great show. I want to start with that. This is Stephen out of South Carolina, Charleston area. I had a question. I've invested in a stock called AMZA, or the ticker is A-M-Z-A. I had a couple questions about this. First of all, what's y'all's opinion on this stock? As well, they are structured as a C-corporate uh, stock, and I just want to know the ramifications behind taxes and uh, other inside information on this that I don't quite understand fully. Again, the ticker is AMZA, and I was just asking about uh, the C-corporation structure, and also thumbs up or thumbs down, as Justin would say. Have a great one, y'all. Thanks. Okay, it's an exchange-traded fund, ETF, in high-quality midstream energy master limited partnerships. AMZA, it's called InfraCap, MLP ETF. Um, tax ramification, it pays a really nice dividend. These are, you know, what this is, this is what you like about these things, 8.9%. The tax problem, though, is many of these master limited partnerships give you a 1099 at the end of the year, and you have to pay taxes from that 1099. Uh, they're not, you know, what what that can mean is, you know, that's added to your adjusted gross income for the year, and you could be paying, if you're in a higher tax bracket, pretty high taxes on this money. So, uh, I'm, and you might, it's not a 1099, I'm sorry, K K-1. 
a partnership agreement. You're part of the partnership. And so you might be paying income tax on that K-1 earnings. And sometimes, in a K-1 situation, if that's what this is, and I'd have to look it up. Also, you can make very little money and still pay, and still have a K-1 that says you made a lot of money because they reinvested it or whatever they did. There's tax consequences. It's not a simple, clear, I got a dividend and that's, I had to pay taxes on my dividends. Not like that. Many master limited partnerships. Now, some are, are you know, limited, master limited partnerships, uh, you know, are taxed normally as income, as, in, you know, dividends. But most of my experience have been these K-1s and people hate those things. And you might get one at the end of the year. Okay. 888-99-CHART is our number. Well, when will the Fed pivot? There's been lots of writings about it, lots of articles, a lot of people talking about it. When will they pivot? They're referring to when will the Fed stop raising interest rates and pivot, either stop completely or turn, uh, start lowering interest rates. And I'm going to tell you it's not anytime soon. It's not. Um, but when... But I think what I'm fearing is, is people think when they pivot, the stock market's going to rally. And the chances are very good that it will rally, right? But the only, you got to remember though, keep in the back of your mind, the only reason they're pivoting is that they got on top of inflation. Inflation's going down. But how did they get to that is they had to slow down the economy. And that means earnings per share for corporations is going to go down. So should stock prices rally if earnings per shares are going to go down, earnings per share for all these public corporations? So be very conscious that you might get involved in what is called a bear trap, where the market rallies for several months and then turns around and heads right back down because earnings don't come in. Earnings look sick because the Fed slowed down the economy. That's the reason why they pivoted, because they were successful at slowing down the economy and getting on top of inflation, slowing it down. So you just be aware that that's the, the trajectory, what happens. And you're not just, it's not going to be all just, oh, okay, we don't have to worry about it anymore. We're back in a bull market phase. It'll stay a bull market phase for years and years. Well, uh, wait uh, uh, until <laughs> the earnings show up and to, that guide your decision-making based on sales and earnings increases. Okay, not just because the Fed pivoted. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Our official Talk download totals exceed $46 million. Thank you very much for that. Get your Investop podcast anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. Your positive rating raises our profile and helps spread the word. Independent thinking shares success, everybody. This is Investalk. Good night. Investalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. 
InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.